Hi, and welcome to the Like They Live podcast. I'm the host, Nina. I have a conversation with the fourth best tour leader, Mati Diaz. What is a tour leader, you may ask? Mati explains that a tour guide knows everything about something, whereas a tour leader knows something about everything. As stated in the name, they lead tours in different countries and they have to ensure the safety as well as the well-being of their group. Due to his experience, Matty shares in this episode what he thinks is the best way to travel. And if you're curious, he also shares what, according to him, are the best countries to visit. So if you're interested, I really recommend you to listen to this episode. On this podcast, I interview guests who share their passions and inspire us to overcome our fears. As these episodes take a lot of time, I would really appreciate it if you leave a review and follow me on Instagram at thelifedaylive underscore podcast. Of course, if you have any questions, I would be happy to answer them. Hi, Mati. How are you doing? Thank you for joining me on this podcast. Hi, Nina. Thank you for having me. I hope you're doing well. Yeah, I'm doing well. Thank you. Uh, where are you actually right now? Right now, I am in Cornwall, which is the southwest of England in the UK. Okay. Yeah, right now I'm in the Alps in, in France, so I hope I won't have uh, internet problems because it's not as... Uh, fast as uh, it should be here but so far it looks fine so i'm happy to very nice be having this conversation sorry yeah why, why are you in the alps so i'm french actually and my family comes from from the alps so we have a family house here and right now i'm taking a gap here so i thought i would come uh, in the alps uh, enjoy the mountains a little bit it's a nice we have nice views here and we can ski a little bit so so that's nice oh that's cool very nice yeah, very nice. And I'm happy to be having the, this conversation with you. Um, can you introduce yourself maybe in a few words for the ones who don't know you? Yeah, I'm Matty. I'm from the northwest of England, a place called St. Helens, which is close to Liverpool and Manchester, if you're talking about geography. Um, I am a tour leader by profession. So I take uh, small groups on like little adventures around around europe really and um little adventure holidays and in my uh, before that i've lived all over the world and um, my hobby is running ultra marathons that, that's that's me in a nutshell really mm -hmm. great so as you know this podcast is all about passion so today we're going to talk about your your passion for for traveling I guess the first question that comes to my mind is when did you discover that you had a passion for traveling or like what was your first uh, travel? Yeah, so I was lucky that my, um, from a working class home in the northwest of England, but uh, we always went on holiday at least once a year to somewhere abroad, like on an aeroplane, which is not very common for that um for that town for that time so i was quite lucky um for that really um and then i think it was my third year of university and we had to because i did journalism and we had to produce a magazine and me and my girlfriend 
we used to do like weekends away and we'd go on little holiday city breaks to Paris and Rome and try to go to little places abroad. And so for our magazine project, we like created this magazine called Gap Year Traveller. Um, and that was like, that. so then we started, started to position ourselves as like travel writers, really. And then in the last year of university, I went to Brazil volunteering. And it was my first time in like a, a really exotic location. And it was fascinating. And I, I had a great time. So I think probably it was it was visiting Brazil when it was that opened my eyes to not just traveling in Europe, but traveling to unusual destinations around the world. Mm -hmm. Because you've said also that you've lived in uh, foreign countries. So did you first live in foreign countries and then travel uh, when you were at university or was it the other way around? In what part of your life did you live in several countries? Yeah, so after university, the plan was to, before getting like a real job, the plan was to um, do like a, a gap year studying abroad. So we were going to move to Seoul or, or South Korea in general. And there's lots of English teaching jobs there. So the plan was we didn't have any money. So it was like work for, do a school year and use that money then to travel. Um The, the South Korea job fell through and we ended up moving to Bangkok because we'd already quit our jobs. Um, and I think because we never had loads of money, it was always we would, rather than go traveling, we'd find a job in a different country and use that country as a base to travel and while still earning money. So lived in Bangkok for a few years, lived in Spain, lived in Haiti, lived in Slovakia. Czech Republic and then Australia but all the all the while still working not just traveling it was mixed working and playing at the same time yeah because I was gonna ask you a question about uh, your your profession and and traveling while working because I think for a lot of people it's hard to mix the two work and and traveling um so what would be what is your experience maybe and do you have any advice for people who work and find it hard to to travel at the same time yeah well you see all these people who are digital nomads now which i certainly wasn't a digital nomad um i i used english as my my passport around the world so i became an english teacher teaching english as a foreign language so that was very i was very lucky to be born in england and be a native english speaker So you can get a job basically anywhere around the world. It doesn't pay very well, but you know you're going to get a job. So if there's any English speakers listening, that is always an option. And countries like Thailand, Vietnam, Southeast Asia, they aren't fussy either. They say native English speaker, but you don't have to be native English. As long as you can speak English, <laughs> you could get a job. So like I say, it doesn't pay amazing, but it certainly is a way of getting around the world. But you're not a digital nomad you have mm -hmm. to work in a school yeah obviously and um and i also teach uh, french online for example so it's also possible to do it uh, online it's also if people are interested that's also uh, something that's developing more and more i think um yeah well yeah. i've been i've been teaching online for a year now mm -hmm. um so that is a way of of teaching while traveling yeah um yeah yeah so, so certainly that is that is a good option to be be more nomadic rather than working in a school. 
But you said also that you um, your degree was for journalism, right? Did you use it after or you didn't use it? You're not using it right now, really. I don't use it right now. Um, I used it after for like maybe two years. I I always wanted to be a writer. So I did journalism to become a writer, but that never really worked out. So I'd written for some for some newspapers in England, like some big ones. And I, I felt like I achieved my goal. And then I moved into PR, uh, public relations. So you're on the other side of the fence. You're trying to get other people into newspapers. So that was quite fun and quite challenging. Um, and then when I was in Bangkok, I did a bit of writing, like food criticing and feature writing. Um, but I don't think you lose the skill as a journalist for for asking questions. I think I'm definitely very inquisitive and like asking questions. So it's something that I I do use every day, really. Yes, and you do have a podcast, also a travel podcast, so I'm sure that also helps. Yeah, yeah, that does help. I I think it gives adds a bit of my journalistic background, adds a degree of professionalism, I'd say. So I have like a reason to be asking questions. Um, like it, it supports it supports the podcast. Mm -hmm. um, gives it gives it a bit of credibility, you could say. Yeah, yeah for sure, I understand. And uh, you've mentioned that uh, you're now a tour leader. So um, could you explain how you you became a a tour leader and also maybe what a tour leader is because it can be confusing uh, between a tour leader and a tour guide. Yeah, well. There is this cliche phrase that we use. Um, we're not tour guides, we're tour leaders. And the difference is uh, a tour guide knows everything about something and a tour leader knows something about everything. So you can imagine a tour guide, let's say, I don't know, Barcelona. They live and work in Barcelona. They are probably from Barcelona and every day, They do one, two, three, four, five tours of Barcelona. They know that city like the back of their hands. For me, I've done led group tours in maybe 15 countries, hundreds of cities and towns. The, there's no way I can I will know that town or city the same as that that guide. That that is their wheelhouse. Um so Yeah, my job is like getting people from A to B safely, having a good time and um, facilitating those meetups. So say if someone wanted to have a guided tour of Barcelona, then I could connect them with Julio in Barcelona. Um, but So that's the difference between tour guide and tour leader. Um, I got into it because, so I love travel. That was my passion. But... I was always teaching to travel. I, I am, I do like teaching. I am quite good at teaching and I do love the kids and the students and I've taught all ages. I've, I think I've definitely learned to love it. Um, but I always wanted to be in the travel field. So when I was living in Slovakia, I love hiking and running in the mountains. So I wanted to be like a hiking running guide in the Tatra Malakia. So I was looking for jobs if that was a, a thing and i came across an advert for a company called intrepid and they're an australian company and they were looking for tour leaders in slovakia basically um so i applied um and then it got me interested in this tour leader mentality so i started 
I didn't know it was a thing before. Um, and then I started looking for different companies. And eventually, I chose Intrepid and Intrepid chose me. And after a lengthy hiring process, I I, I got the job in in Eastern and Central Europe. And I was the, the tour leader leading trips around Romania, Bulgaria, Hungary, Ukraine, Transnistria, all these fun and exciting places, as well as some more normal places like Austria, um, Czech Republic, um, and Slovakia, and yeah. Poland. And uh, like you've explained, a tour guide focuses really more on one city. You've chose Barcelona, for example, whereas as a tour leader, you really um, give tours in different countries. So I'm wondering in terms of the logistics, how, how it works. Do you stay in one country and then you're contacted maybe to uh, lead a, a tour uh, in another country? Like how, how do you organize uh, everything when you have to give tours in different countries? Yeah, well, things have changed a lot because of the pandemic. Overland tours, crossing borders, is so different now. Like it's, it's not really. It's something that the whole industry has changed. But previously, you wouldn't have a. But me, I'm talking about me personally. Didn't have a home. Didn't have a base. I just have a backpack. So I'd know I'd have to meet a group in Budapest on Monday, the twentieth of March. And I know I'd have to take them to Bucharest by the 10th of April and everything in between. And then after that, it's like, right, you have to go from Bucharest to Kiev and then Kiev, you have to go back to Budapest or then you have to go to Vienna. So you just life is on the road and it's so exciting and you're living in different hotels and you're living out your backpack and organization is key. Um, but you have to just carry everything you own on your back and just um it's it's a it's a fantastic lifestyle now it's changed now i'm um based in the uk i'm doing trips around the uk and when i do go abroad say in january i did a trip in norway it was like right i have to fly to norway do the trip fly back to the uk i did a trip in ireland a few weeks ago fly to ireland fly home it's not as exciting but at least you can have a base and have a home which is is nice but you start mm -hmm. collecting more things when you have a house yeah yeah i can understand for sure but it seems interesting that idea that uh, when you go to work you always go to work in a different country so i think uh that that's that's nice i've never really heard either of a um tour leader so i'm interested to to know to know more about it and you've also become the fourth best tour leader. So could you explain also how that happened? Yeah, that that's like a silly award title mm -hmm. that um, basically 2021 was a strange year for the industry. Um, it was at the beginning of the year, we didn't know if any tours were going to be running at all, like because of the pandemic and because of COVID. And it turned out that Actually, in some countries, that tours were being led, and many tours did go ahead. Um, and there's an industry magazine called Wanderlust, Wanderlust magazine, and every year they do like they have an award ceremony, and like it could be the best country of the year or the best city of the year, um, the best tourist board, and they do different awards. And one of the awards is best tour leader, and they invite all the biggest tour companies in the world 
and all the smallest talk anyone in the world can apply. And it just so happened that Intrepid put my put my name in the ring, in the hat, with like a reason why and like a, um, some testimonials from from clients and from other people. And this panel of judges from Wonderlust created this list of ten tour leaders, and I was number four. So it's quite arbitrary, but it's very fun, and it it certainly ratifies me as as a real tour leader. So it's quite it was quite exciting for me, and I am quite proud of it actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure, I can imagine. And you've mentioned a little bit where you give uh, tours, but could you maybe uh, just say it quickly again in which countries you you give tours currently? Currently, it's I'm I'm right now. It's it's mainly UK, mm-hmm. but then in 2022 this this year, I've I've already done tours in Norway, Northern Ireland, Ireland. So it's still I'm still a freelance tour leader. I can and the beauty of my job of not being a tour guide, I can do it anywhere. So if I got the call tomorrow to go and lead a tour in a country I've never been to. That's something I can do. So you, I don't have to be the expert in that country because it, it's not about being that guide or the expert. It's about being a leader and a logistics and safety safety guy. But that being said, I do try to um, I do try to be a bit of a guide as well by by doing a lot of research before I go. Uh, but in the past, I've done tours like all over Eastern and Central Europe. Really, most mm-hmm. of those countries. Okay, so from what I understand, then tour leader is really about the experience you you offer, and maybe you you show to your um, clients a different way of traveling. Um, so saying that, then in your opinion, what is like the best way to travel? Or I mean, there's probably not one way, but um, how do you usually uh, organize your your trips? What is important for you to share with your clients when you travel? Yeah, well. I'll caveat it. Uh, although some people, time and money is a luxury, so it's very easy for me to say what I'm going to say. But some people only have week holidays or two week holidays, and they have to fly and they have to be in certain places at certain times. So if that's the case for you, then go ahead. At least you're traveling and getting to see the world. Then it's it's very easy for me to say that's a bad thing, but it's not. As long as you're going out to see the world, do it however you can. Uh, my preferred way would be to like, take your time, really. Um, uh, don't worry about ticking the country, like, ticking the boxes. Like, I have to visit every country right away. Maybe, maybe and this is a, a problem I face all the time, is it better to do um, five countries in three days or three countries in five days? It, I, and, and to be honest, I think it's better to do countries more slowly and more in depth than than ticking boxes and try and tick add into your list. So I definitely encourage that. Don't worry too much about getting your country tally up. That will come naturally. Um, but one of the best ways of traveling a country, I think, is avoiding internal flights unless you have to because of t- time sensitivity. <laughs> But taking public transport, like taking the buses, taking the trains, uh, taking the boat, taking the ferries, and it it gets you it with the locals. That's how the locals travel, and it 
it, get, it gets you more of an experience and more of a sense of the country and the people. So that's a that's a definitely um, that's the way I'd like to travel. And there's like say for instance, I'm going to Turkey next week on Saturday, and we're going to Istanbul. I've never been to Istanbul, and it's one of the world's greatest cities. So so I'm told, and it has these big tourist monuments that you, everyone says you have to see these places. And I probably will see them because I, it'd be rude not to, but that is the least of my interests. I might look, I'm not bothered about those type of things. For me, I want to go getting lost in the back alleys, getting lost in the back streets, tasting all the street foods, going to these weird dodgy bars and these these hostile looking cafes and getting off the beaten track. Um that's why I'm looking forward to about Istanbul and Turkey in general, not to see the Hagia Sophia. Yeah, yeah, I think that's important in in every city you, you visit, actually. Like if I take, for example, I was born in, in Paris, and if I take Paris as an example, I also can see the clear difference between just going to the main monuments where all the tourists are and then doing more um, non-touristy activities. And I think that's that's important. That's a good general advice that you can give to to anyone visiting a, a city. Sometimes, obviously, you when you visit a city, you want to to view the the, the famous monuments when when you're there. But maybe then you can do a little balance between visiting the famous monuments and then also doing the more local um, activities activities for sure. So. Um, are those then, is that your main priority when you travel? Do you have other um, priorities? I don't know if that's the right word, but do you have other, um, yeah, priorities maybe, I guess? Yeah, when I look back at my travel memories and the places I've been to, it's always, it's never the, it's never the, the monuments or the landmarks. They never stick in my mind, apart from a couple of places that, they are wow wow moments but usually it's the the people and the the characters that you meet at the bars and and those memories that are formed in those connections so for me it's about finding those people finding the people and it's a bit of cliche to say the people make the place but it's certainly it's, it's true and those are my favorite memories and and you can't manufacture them and you can't plan them but what you can do is put yourself in those situations where those those encounters can happen, um, and they're the ones that always stick in my mind um, from my, from my travels. So it's my priority is trying to put myself into those places. Yeah, that's very interesting. And uh, also talking back about visiting uh, famous monuments with. Uh, Social media, I also think sometimes now a lot of people, you know, they they go visit. I mean, I've done it also myself. They go visit some monuments, take a picture and then leave, you know, and then you don't have that experience that really forms or you don't have those memories. So um, you can sometimes forget about that. I think when you when you travel, if you're just uh, really following a route of visiting monument after monument. So um, obviously, it's hard to learn a language right before traveling, but I think also if you have the the basics of of the language, I think that also helps a, a lot. Yeah. Yeah, like just being able to say hello, thank you, or cheers, like cheers goes a long way. If you can say, if you're in a a bar in a strange, strange like for you country, and you can say like 
cheers to someone sat next to you at the bar or across the table in their language that automatically like breaks the ice and then and then they know you're not from there but you know cheers and then it it's a good way in and something as simple as that can spark those conversations mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think that's that's also important especially now that uh um, if people speak English, it can be easy sometimes to just go with the easy way and speaking English. But I do, from experience also, realize that when you try to speak the language, you get a different type of experience. So that's also something that I personally think is important when, when traveling. And you, you've mentioned that you've lived in foreign countries and you've also traveled, of course. Um, apart from the duration of the stay, uh, what for you is the main difference between what are the main differences between living in a country and then being a tourist and visiting visiting a country? Yeah, it, there's a huge difference, and it's it's like yeah, it, the difference is is massive. <laughs> like for instance, I lived in Bangkok for three years. I know places in Bangkok that the tourists would never go to and they would they wouldn't know about, not in the guidebooks. Um but it also like you can tap into like you get to know things in a way that only people who live there get to know them and it's uh, it's hard to think of an example, but it's just the places, the back streets, the cafes, the restaurants, the bars that the guidebooks and the the YouTube vloggers only have so much time and they all kind of tend to follow the same recipes. But if you live there, you've got all the time in the world to go and explore and um, to meet the people and form the friendships. And then those friendships can take you to other places. And there's, there's so like Thailand for three years, and I, I haven't even scratched the surface of Thailand. Um, like I really haven't, I really haven't, but I've tried as well. I've been around in Thailand, but um that just shows you how how different it is to being three years or and the the one of the things that frustrates me a lot is people go tell me oh you lived in Bangkok for three years oh I hate Bangkok I was there for two days and they went to Khao San Road and they were like oh Bangkok's rubbish yeah but like yeah you went to one street in one part of the city for one day of course it's rubbish you know what I mean mm-hmm. different experiences um, for different people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I totally get that. I mean, I've also lived in in several countries, and um, I do I do think yeah, there are huge differences between living in a country and just just visiting a country. Also, you get to live more of a you know daily like normal life, if I may say, in that country, and you get to to experience the little things that uh, you don't have time to experience when you're when you're a tourist. So it is. Um, it is, of course, if you have the opportunity, I think it is valuable, but uh, of course not everyone can just uh, decide to live in a, in a foreign countries. And there are also the negative aspects that come with it, such as, you know, living far from your family and, and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I do think it's interesting to, to talk with, uh, with other people that have that experience, because obviously everyone who's lived in the foreign countries will have a totally different experience. So... So that's always interesting conversations to me. And could you maybe tell us one of your favorite countries where you've lived and one of your favorite countries that you've visited? Yeah, so I've probably it's become apparent that probably Thailand is 
an excellent country. The expat <laughs> lifestyle in ba- in Thailand and Bangkok in particular was fantastic. Like swimming pool, a um, maid. You don't have a kitchen, so you eat out every meal, and that's, that's on a relatively low expat wage as well. It's it's a shame that the local people are on that wage, but when you get hired as a teacher, that's the wage that you get put on. Um, so you had a fantastic lifestyle, and I I do love Thailand, and I do, I do miss it. The only reason I left Thailand because there's this thing like there's a saying that once Bangkok has you, like you can't escape. Like Bangkok has has you now, um, and I know I know a few people like that, and it's not a bad thing. I was very I was certainly going that way, um, but after three years, it was like if we don't leave now and find other places, um, maybe we'll find a place that we like better or like more, and we can always come back to Bangkok. Bangkok will always still be there. That's why we left to try and find other places, um, and experience other places, but. In terms of my my favorite countries that I've visited, off the top of my head, there's a few that spring a few that spring to mind, just without even thinking too hard. But um, Japan, I, I enjoyed Japan. Myanmar slash Burma, um, Cuba, and and then in Eastern Europe, I really enjoy like Ukraine and Romania. Um, yeah, so th- th- they're the ones that spring to mind of my favorite places but but i've not given it too much thought if you ask me again in an hour or tomorrow i'd i'd say different countries and what maybe do all these countries have in common or what about them was specifically interesting to you they're all completely different to my usual way of life like the way i've grown up japan famously an alien country everything's different um Myanmar, very difficult to get around, difficult to plan it. it. At the time I went, it kind of only just opened up and it felt like you were just discovering this this new place. And I said, like, some of the landmarks don't really, never live up to the hype. But the one that springs to mind that does is Began in, in Myanmar, which is like this this landscape of temples and stupors i can't think of the word but it's just it's it's mind-blowing it's amazing um and then cuba i i think i could live in cuba um maybe not so much the rationing and the and the <laughs> that, that side of it but it's such a fantastic place um havana is one of the world's great cities i'd say just you can spend days just walking around the neighborhoods getting lost and um uh, and yeah, so those I'd say those three places because they're very different to the places that I grew up, um, and they're not just like your typical European places. That although although different, you 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 kind of know what you're going to get with a European country, European city. But these these countries are totally different to what we're used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, while you were talking about this, actually. Um... I know that for for a lot of Europeans, um, traveling outside Europe, like you said, you know, you feel like you're more. Um, um, how can I say? I forgot the word now in English. But you know, you go out more of your comfort zone. Maybe you discover new new landscapes. So I know that a lot of Europeans, you know, always are looking forward to getting out of Europe. 
Um, but there are also, you know, beautiful European countries that are totally different. And as a European tour leader, because you you do uh, a lot of tour, uh, you lead you lead a lot of tours in um, in Europe. Maybe what's your what's your view about that? About uh, being a European, maybe in uh, yeah, especially with the pandemic now that it's more complicated to to travel outside of Europe. Yeah, absolutely. So one thing to point out is a lot of my a lot of my guests in Europe are perhaps Australian or American or Canadian or from New Zealand. So I tend not to get European mm-hmm. guests on my on my trips because they to them Europe is like safe. They know how to do Europe by themselves and they it's easy for them. Um but for the people overseas coming to Europe, it's a different kettle of fish. So then that's why they come on the tours. Um But absolutely, even if you're a European, there's some countries that I would say visit. Um, Slovakia is one of my favorite countries in the world. It's beautiful. It's got beautiful scenery. Romania is a is a is a true hidden gem. People write off Romania, but it's fantastic country. There's a place in Moldova called uh, Transnistria. is It's kind of like a Russian. It's an unrecognized country. Um, it's like a kind of Russian breakaway state um, within Moldova. And this is, aside from all political things that are going on now, um, this is this is a travel. I'm talking about travel here, mm-hmm. not politics. Um, it's such an exciting place to visit in Moldova. And Moldova is the least visited country in Europe. And you can go to this place called Transnistria. You have to cross the border. It feels like how I'd imagine going to like North Korea. It's exciting and it, it you get this real sense of adventure, but still you're in Europe basically. And so you can find adventures not too far from, far from home. They're still there and you can be intrepid and off the beaten track within Europe, definitely. Yeah, and I think it also depends a lot on like how you, you travel. I can imagine if you do a backpacking tour, for example, in, in Europe and you sleep at hostels or something like that, and you get a different like uh, feeling than if you um, take the plane and stay at more luxurious hotels. You know, it's also about the the facilities and how you how you travel. I think that would change your your experience and maybe make it a bit more adventurous. I don't know if you if you agree with that. Yeah, well, certainly. I, I'd like I said, I'd, I'd public transport is definitely a definitely something that i'd i'd advocate taking the trains taking the buses me personally i can't be bothered with hostels unless <laughs> it's a city that's really really expensive and i can't afford a hotel then in hostels you're just going to meet other backpackers from from australia from america from france from germany and that's not a bad thing if you're a solo traveler then hostels are a must to meet people to go and have these adventures with um but if you've got the group and you've got, or you're traveling with friends or a partner, then, well, for me personally, I'm not bothered about <laughs> I'm not bothered about hostels because you can get the adventure um, at the bars and the cafes and the restaurants, and you're going to meet local people as opposed to travelers. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, of course. Then yeah. So in your in your travels, then you try really to 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 meet locals and uh, 
how, like you say, yeah, going to bars and stuff, because some people might be wondering, how do I meet locals, you know? Because it, it can be quite hard when you're traveling to just meet yeah, a no, local. Yeah, no, it is hard. No, it is hard. Like, it's, and like, it's, oh yeah, just go to a bar, you're going to meet someone. That's mm -hmm. not, if you're a solo traveler, or it, it's not as easy as that, really. But there's definitely ways of doing it. Like, for now, I'm to Istanbul on Saturday. What I do, I like running, so... I've I'm in touch with the the Istanbul expat runners mm -hmm. to go for a run with them on Sunday, and and I think expats in a in a country or a city have a a whole unique perspective on that place. So it doesn't have to be like a, a native local. An expat local is is just as fascinating because they can see the things that locals can't see. They because the because the locals have lived there all their life. The expats have come in. Maybe they've lived there for ten years, and they can see the things that are really weird, or really interesting, and really unique. So the expats are great to tap into. So find something that you love, and you can find the groups that there's going to be a group for what you like love doing in that city. Whether it's running, football, skating, computers, I don't know. But you can go on Meetup or couch surfing or Facebook and find these groups. And that that taps you into that local, that the local knowledge. Mm -hmm. um, that's a way in. Okay, great. Yeah, there's probably a lot of ways I can just imagine, especially like you said, if you're a solo traveler, that it can be a bit difficult to 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 meet locals, and then you have to get a bit out of your out of your comfort zone. Um, and now that we've talked uh, about traveling and in which countries you you've traveled. Um, in this podcast, I also like to talk a bit about about wellness and about why um, a pa what impacts can a passion have on on wellness. So I wanted to ask you also why you're passionate about traveling. It's also a simple question, and what impacts do you think traveling has on your overall wellness? Well, that's a good question. I'd say I know. Nina, you're planning like a like a, a an overland trip yourself with your boyfriend. Is that correct? Southeast Asia or something? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's, Southeast Asia. It's, mm -hmm. it's so it's so hard being on the road for such a long time and living out your suitcase and planning your next trip and like where am I going next? And then you've only got a certain amount of time, so you don't want to miss things. So that causes you stress. Well, I have to go here. I have to go there, and that that causes like an impact on your like mental health. You could say like it's because it's stressful. So there's a couple of ways of mitigating that. Um, and it's, it's, it's a bit of a false dichotomy. It's before you go, you can plan and you can say like, I'm, I have to go here. I have to go here. I want to be here. Um, so all that planning before you go will save you the stress of going, Oh, Right, I'm here now. Where do I go? But then, when you are there, don't worry about ignoring that plan. All that planning that you've done beforehand is just so you can, when you are there, you can be comfortable enough to ignore that plan. And it sounds silly saying that, but it's like you've done all the hard work, and now when you're in the country, and you go, oh, actually, I really like this town. We'll skip that, and we'll go straight. We'll, we'll skip that other town and go straight to this other town because your planning and research is giving you the the knowledge and the security already. Um, and an another thing is like time is a luxury. If you, but if you can 
book a one-way ticket somewhere, it, it really takes the stress away. You don't have to be on a certain place on a certain time to get your flights. And that's another bonus about using public transport. Flights are, tend to be hard to cancel and you usually get better prices well in advance. But if you're using buses and trains, you can just rock up and get the train and get the bus. No big deal without too much planning. And it gives you a bit more flexibility. Um, but all that being said, if you're on the road for such a long time, you do get burnt out. And so don't be, don't feel bad and don't feel stressed about just going, you know what, I'm so tired. I can't be bothered thinking for a few days. Let's just book a nice hotel for three days and not look at a guidebook and not research and just relax and get back into that state because it's so easy to get burnt out and stressed out on the road. Um, and for me, I always like running. If I don't run, for a, for a few days I get really stressed and feel horrible so and that's just me running but for other people it might be doing other things but remember your passions and don't forget about them while you're on the road like if you meditate or if you run or you do yoga find those places and make sure you build that into your travel because you'll enjoy it and you'll feel better about yourself as well Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can totally understand what you mean with uh, the, the pressure because um, for a lot of people you travel also to to relax or just to experience a different lifestyle or to just have a good time. But sometimes by being so focused on having a good time and seeing as much as possible, then you might put unnecessary pressure on yourself, which can take away from the whole experience. So I think that's a Good advice that, that you that you that you gave for anyone who wants to anyone who wants to to travel and also in terms of the advantages of traveling there are a few that come often you know for example that traveling can help you be more open minded and stuff like that what other advantages would you would you find maybe if someone were to ask you for example oh, I want to travel and I don't know what would it you know, bring me, what would you say? <laughs> if, if someone was asking me that question, I'd say, ah, don't worry about it then, just stay, just stay where you are. <laughs> but I, I know what you mean. Um, I'd say the thing that travel taught me the most is probably that we're all the same. Like everybody around the world is all the same. Everybody's just going to work, trying to put food on the table. They've all got stresses and they all take joy out of the same things and the more places you visit the more unusual places you visit that becomes more apparent so the more i travel the more i realize is that everyone's the same and that mentality and that philosophy can like it can translate well into everyday life let's say if you're if you're stuck in an office job and your boss is a, a a bad word a bad person <laughs> and then you go may probably they might be having trouble trouble at home maybe they're stressed maybe they're getting maybe their boss is a bad guy and really we're all the same and maybe you can like you get you get more empathy um from travel so it's not just like seeing the world as everyone's the same but you can you can zone in on your own world and go well Everyone's the same. Everyone's just trying to do the job and get 
enough money to put food on the table and pay rent and have a nice holiday. Everyone's the same. Okay. Okay. Great. Um, so then I think that that's that's it then for the the wellness uh, aspect of the of of traveling. Um, I think we've touched on on many points on the countries that you visited your. Your job as a tour leader, the wellness aspect of, of traveling. So I don't know if there's maybe uh, I want to give you the opportunity to give a last word in terms of um, maybe an advice you would have for someone who wants to travel but is afraid of getting out of their comfort zone, or maybe a lesson that you've learned from traveling. Um, anything you want? Yeah, well, we're talking about all these like fascinating and crazy countries, and like, oh yeah, you have to go to. Japan no like traveling doesn't mean going to a different country or crossing a border or even leaving your town it's more of a mindset of like you could go to the next village you could go to that that place that you've never been to like for me like I'm I'm back in the UK now after eight years there's so many places in the UK that I haven't visited like like recently I've been to Bath which is Every, there's probably more American tourists that I know that have been to Bath than, like, you know, these places in our own towns and countries that we take for granted. So the listeners, maybe they don't want to get on the plane or get on the train. Maybe go and just do something different and have your little adventure and travel to the next town, the next village. And just if if you're open-minded to like new experiences and then you'll... Um, you you don't have to leave the country basically that's what i'm saying go and have an adventure and go and see see that place that you've never been to that you've lived next door to all your life yeah that's for sure because we we often take the the time you know to to plan vacation to like another country but we don't often take the plan to just uh, visit our surroundings so i definitely think that's a that's a good advice and i can imagine like you said that you've traveled to so many different countries and now being back to your home country, that must be, um, I don't know if it's like a funny feeling, but when you return back to, to the UK, maybe you had that moment, I don't know, where you were thinking, okay, what do I what do I do now? Or like, I need to travel. Or did you feel that need to, to travel or not necessarily? Yeah, I do actually. Like, I, I, I want to get back out on the road and get back out living abroad or like, I do miss that lifestyle. I do get very itchy feet being so. This house I'm I'm in now now is the longest I've been in a house for, for ages for for a long long time. Um, it's good because you get friends in an area and you become used to the house, but also, I'm I think I've got this mindset now where I just I want I want to be on the road and I want to be in exciting places. So finding that balance is hard, especially as you get older and societal pressures. It is hard to find that balance, but certainly I'm not, I'm not done traveling or living abroad yet. Mm-hmm. I've only just started. Yeah, and like you I said, hope. you can find a balance for sure. Maybe of like having still like a base somewhere, traveling, coming back, or I mean, there's no rules really. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, ideally, like my ideal world would be six months working. In the summer, which is kind of what tour leaders do, and then six months spent traveling in a different country, and that was kind of the plan. But the pandemic has mm-hmm. kind of scuppered that plan for now. But hopefully, maybe to twenty twenty three, 
that's something that I can I can start doing again. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that seems like a like a nice plan for sure. And then you have that uh, that that balance. So I hope also that in uh, 2023, then you'll be able to you'll be able to do that. It's kind of hard to to know. We just have to go with the flow a little bit. But um, but yeah, thank you very much for joining me on on this episode. Uh, would you like to mention maybe I don't think we've said it the the name of your own podcast on which you talk also about uh, traveling. Yeah, like if any of your listeners actually like travel, I've got a podcast called Travel Bubble Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, travel Bubble B U B B L E, and basically I talk to like top travelers because I'm not a top traveler, but I speak to people who've been to every country in the world or they've been to hundred hundreds of countries, and basically find out what the top three countries are. So then, basically to get inspiration to go for where to go to next because these people have been to every country i want to know where, where their favorites are so then i can go to those places and same for the listeners like if the same country keeps getting mentioned over and over again it must be for a reason like for instance japan's been meant been chosen nine times okay. by 40 guests that's 25 percent of guests are choosing japan and they've been to they've been everywhere so Japan must be worth visiting. You know what I mean. For that's mm-hmm. for, that's an example. That's great. Yeah. But yeah, if you, yeah, if you like travel, that is, or if you if you can understand my voice, uh, then <laughs> you could always listen to that. Okay, great. Thank you very much. And also, on which uh, other platforms, maybe social media, can people find you? Yeah, Instagram, Matty Dias, M A T T Y D Y A S on Instagram. Uh, and Facebook. Matty Dias is my name, and I, okay. I'm everywhere with that name. And uh, in case also for the, the the to lead tours, then do if people are interested, do they contact yeah. you? Just uh... yeah, get in touch. Get in touch. Um, Matty Dias. Yeah, get in touch. Um, I'm a I'm I'm a freelancer for other other companies, but I can certainly point you in the right direction. And if you're ever in in the UK, then I can certainly help you out. Um, putting together my own trips towards the end of 2022 is something that I'm I'm looking at now. So maybe taking a group on an adventure to a country for a week or two. That's that's the plan. Um, so if anyone okay. wanted to come come abroad with the fourth <laughs> best toilet in the world, just give me a message. Okay, great. Well, thank you very much. Um, this was definitely an interesting episode for, for me. And I always love talking with uh, people who have traveled and hearing more about, uh, about their experiences. So I'm sure that was, uh, that was valuable for me and for, and for others. Um, so I thank you once more for, for joining uh, me on the, on this podcast and for sharing your, your, your passion for traveling. No, thank you, Nina. Thank you for having me and best of luck with your trip abroad to southeast asia and if you ever need any help or anything or any advice or the place best places to go <laughs> southeast asia is my i know it so do do get in touch and let me know yeah thank you i think it's a famous well famous i don't know but like a recurrent destination for young backpackers i think southeast asia so yeah i'm definitely looking forward to it and i hope it will be possible with uh, with covid it's always the like we said the, the question mark but uh, that's the plan at least to to go there class well good luck (laughs) well thank you very much 
and um, and thank you everyone for listening to to this podcast episode you can find the podcast also on instagram it's the life they live underscore podcast and don't hesitate to also leave a review on apple podcast or comment on youtube and i'll see you for the next episode of the life they live